Welcome to the Arbor Vitae podcast, promoting virtue in woodworking. Jonathan and I recently had the opportunity to sit down with a glass of whiskey and interview Tyler G., otherwise known as DIY Tyler, who was our featured craftsman on this week's episode. We hope you enjoy. All right, so we're, we're good. Um, okay. So not, I mean, the, the I, I kind of prepped Tyler a little bit. Basically, it's, it's um, temperance and... Uh, scare, scarcity and right. that's kind of how we've been doing them all you know taking a virtue one of the seven virtues and then pairing it with some you know I would say let's you know let's call it a, more of a secular virtue mm-hmm. um, and so the idea here with this one is you know obviously we know temperance but temperance in the shop and the idea of and the value of scarcity it's something that I've learned as to appreciate which is what you're able to do with a limited set of tools and how that limited set of tools is often an advantage as far as developing your woodworking skills versus a disadvantage, which I think a lot of people, especially in this, you know, the commercialism aspect of woodworking fall into that trap of, I can't do these things unless I have all these awesome tools. It's like, that's not true. And I looked, you know, I've, I know your past and realized that that did not get in your way. Um, and so we wanted to kind of talk, you know, talk through your experience with how you've acquired some of the tools you have, what you've done to accommodate for the lack of certain tools, um, and how that's made you a better woodworker, that kind of stuff. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, that is something that gets brought up a lot. Oh, if I had all those tools, I could make that bunk bed. Um, do people say or that whatever. to you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It happens all the time. <clears throat> oh, if I had $50,000 worth of tools, I could do that, too. You know, like, hey, guys, this it took me years to build up this pile of beautiful tools that I have, but I've only spent like 500 bucks on them. Um, and that was from a couple incredible Craigslist deals and then wheeling and dealing tools that I bought, used them, built some great stuff, and then kept my eye out knowing that, hey, I want to update this deadly portable table saw to something a little more stationary. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, don't you? Yeah, oh, definitely. So I want to update this thing at some point. I'm going to keep my eye out for a good deal. I'm not going to go out and buy a new one. Um, and then when that happens, you pull the trigger. And then each time, because I got such a great deal, I've flipped the tools for more than I bought them. Oh, awesome. Um, so that that paid for all of, let's say, the stationary tools down there. Now, the powered cordless hand tools, that's a different story. I've spent, spent a good bit on them over the years, over a long time. And then I'm blessed enough now to be sponsored by Rigid, so I don't buy buy cordless tools anymore, which is awesome. So that takes care of that. But, uh, but so you, I mean, you said $500, but you've got a pretty good selection, like you said, that you've built over time. So you've, what's on the list of things you've gotten off of Craigslist? <clears throat> Excuse me. I've gotten everything but the chop saw off of Craigslist down there. Stationary tools. Um, well, then the CNC, that was a given thing as well. Uh, that That's, you know, beyond the regular tools of a shop. But the, the planer, the table saw, um, the band saw... Uh, drill press, jointer, that was all Craigslist. Um, a big bunch of the first batch of clamps that I got was all Craigslist. 
um, the first router, first jigsaw, all that stuff was on Craigslist, and I've since given some of that away as I've been given newer tools. Um, and then, like the when I bought the planer and the table saw, I was actually only looking for a dado blade, but I got the planer and the table saw and a dado blade and a bandsaw for 175 bucks. <laughs> Holy cow! Uh, yeah, and then That's incredible. I. And and the bandsaw was a an old solid craftsman um, with a with a tiny little motor, but by golly, did that thing spin! It, it was crazy how much power it had, um, and it was a rusted heap. And when I went to pick up the table saw, which I still have, it's a great table saw. The guy was like, "Hey, you want the bandsaw over there?" I was like, "Sure, I'll take that." <laughs> I had a little nine inch, and the little nine inch portable bandsaws. <laughs> Be careful with those. Was it a craftsman? Um, it was, yeah. A little yeah. gray nine inch. And yeah. that was it. You might as well. You can I think cut jigsaws jigsaw. work better than that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so I, re- I restored that bandsaw, painted it, looked awesome, and, and I sold it for 175 bucks. So that wow. paid for all of the tools down there. And that was the same thing with uh, the first batch of tools. I just kept my eye out, kept my eye out. What did I get? It was a table saw, a bunch of clamps, the bandsaw, the little 9-inch bandsaw, uh, a little 9 or 10-inch drill press, um, and then a bunch of little hand tools as well. And I used them for a while, and then I sold the table saw and bandsaw for pretty much as much as I bought all that whole little kit for, and then sold the drill press later with a planer that I had gotten. Um, so you just got to be patient with Craigslist. Um if you see something that's good but it's more than you want to pay, just wait wait a while and there'll be something there now that may be Michigan. Um, I know there's other people like Bob Claggett says there's nothing down there where he is and Nick Ferry has said people are asking more than, than face value for their items. So I'm, I may just be, be lucky. Yeah, that's how it is in my area, um, the like the greater D.C. area. You'll find like rusted four inch tabletop craftsman joiners and then you'll find like the occasional grizzly or delta or something but people are asking you know almost as much as what you'd pay for them new um to the the point where it doesn't really make sense to save 50 bucks on a used model when you could spend an extra 50 and know that you're going to get one where you don't have to put any tlc into it and it just works right out of the the package you know um, but then every now and then you'll, you'll come across a good thing, but you know, it, it's, it's not nearly to the, the expected, you can't really expect to find the, the good things eventually, at least in my limited experience here. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I do think it is potentially just a, a Michigan experience. Um, but yeah, patience and it doesn't have to be in perfect condition. You can make it in perfect condition as well. Well, and that's where so. I think, so if you can't find power tools on Craigslist, you know, then maybe you, you only have one power tool. Like, I mean, for a while I only had a table saw mm-hmm. and then I bought a whole bunch of tools, didn't know how to use them um, with money I didn't have and it wasn't any fun because you know i i had a grizzly bandsaw it was you know the 14 inch special edition grizzly bandsaw i sold it because i didn't know how to use it i didn't have time to figure out how to use it 
I didn't really have any projects where I needed to use it, um, but I could really use that, you know, $500 back. <laughs> um, and I'm back down to about the same set of tools that I started with two years ago. And, you know, a, a cabinet table saw, it's not a must either. I mean, you don't have to have even a table saw necessarily to make basic furniture. Um, but I think the point here is, it's like, obviously Tyler, you've, you've been fortunate. You've been able to find some good deals, but you've also, like you said, you've been patient. And in the meantime, you used what you had. Yeah. And the, the challenge of maybe a smaller, weaker table saw just made you a little bit more clever with how you did some things. Right. Um, right. I've heard on several occasions that it is the limit Maybe let me figure out how to word this properly. It is being limited by the tools you may have that makes you good. The scarcity. It makes you smarter. Figuring something. Yeah, exactly. The scarcity of it makes you have to figure it out. Um, and and quite frankly, that does make it quite fun. I've I've done a couple projects where I limited myself to a specific tool or few tools, um, mostly to try to reach a different audience that maybe complained in on YouTube anyway about having a nice set of tools um, or not. And for like a specific project, I use only a jigsaw. It took a lot longer and the dust collection was terrible. That was my, oh. my biggest complaint about the whole thing. <laughs> dust everywhere. Um, but I did it all with a jigsaw and it looks great. Um, you know, and that, and that was kind of a fun challenge at that point. So it definitely makes you have to think about how you might cut things a little bit differently. Um, so it's uh it's fun at times. I do got to say having the the blessing and the pleasure of going from tool to tool without having to set up anything is for me I I love that. Um, like having a stationary. Yeah, I guess um you know back when I first started looking I was like, "Ah, oh, Shopsmith. Awesome. It has everything <laughs> I would ever need in it." And and my dad has one, but my dad is in a in an area like 15 by 15 maybe and he's got a ton of tools down there but i i remember changing from the drill press to the table saw putting the disc sander on popping the bandsaw on and it took a lot of time yeah uh, so my my dad recommended and thank thankfully i obliged for once <laughs> um <laughs> took your and, dad's advice yeah exactly no my dad's great and i never had a disagreement with him but uh he said, go, go with individual stationary tools, and man, am I so glad I did. Um, but for me, you know, listening to your guys' last podcast, um, I think I would, I'm still a hobbyist, I'm still a hobbyist woodworker, creator, whatever, um, but it's a little bit more businessy for me because I have the YouTube audience and sponsorships. Um, I do need to get things done. Um I, I kind of do have a, a timeline I need to edit. Um, so having the having the ability to save that time is, is money. It, it's invaluable for me. And the whole goal of what we're trying to do is to, to share with others, obviously, and then any proceeds from this is going to be my kid's college. Um, that's the goals from what you guys challenged in episode one there. Nice. I think it was episode one. Yeah, the yeah. purpose. Yeah. That's why we started with that. Exactly. Yeah. That That's my goal. That's why I'm able to spend the time down there. Um, 
<clears throat> we don't need that side income to support the family, thankfully. Um, but my dad put me through college, and I couldn't be more thankful, especially being a little bit more mature now and looking back on a little bit more maturing having bills to pay now. Um, <laughs> you know, abs- absolutely so lucky to, to have no student loans right now. Um, so I, I hope and pray that I can do that for my kids. Yeah. And that's the goal. That's awesome. That's incredible. Well, and it's great to hear that perspective, right? Because that's why we talk about, we know that whether you're, if you're a hobbyist woodworker or full-time or part-time or side, you know, that's going to change how much time you spend in the shop, what kind of work you do, how, t- you know, like you said, right? You don't have the luxury if it's, if, if it's goal is to help, you know, fund college, yeah, you've got to be more productive with the time that you have. So talking about temperance on the, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about the tools, but on like the actual time side of things, you know, I think you mentioned it before we started recording, but how do you manage the time um, given that it does have a business purpose, right? But it's also not your primary job. How do you manage and balance the time so that, you know, you're not overdoing it you know you're tempering that time that you spend in the shop and not overdoing it and and taking away from valuable family time yeah well family first um if we don't have that there is no college right so um i I do work an hour from home now which is when i get my thinking and, and podcasting in and stuff like that um and we have family time uh family dinner around the kitchen table every night that's imperative um Granted, it might be yelling over the kids uh, as they as they sing and, and all that. <laughs> um, yep. But that's so family time is is right when I get home, um, and then for about an hour after dinner until we till we say the family rosary. And I, I guess let me step back a little bit and say that I I temper I temper myself in the shop and in life in general just by s- scheduling, um, and it's become more important lately. Um, I, I switch jobs. I drive quite a bit further now for a while until we move. Um, so I'm spending more like an hour and 10 minutes in the car versus a 20 that I used to. So I was home earlier, less tired, um, and could just hang out a little bit more before needing to get in the shop to spend the time to run the side business to send the kids to college. Um, but just over the the little bit of time that I've been doing this as well, I guess we've just learned um, how much time I do have down there and, and when I need to come up and spend time with the wife, happy wife, happy life, so you got to get that in as well. And then, like I said before, if you don't have the kids in the family, you know, there is no college to deal with. Um, so family time and shop, shop and, and YouTube is definitely second. Um, it's a pretty big second because it is hopefully going to be the college fund for them, and I think that's very important as a as a college graduate, and and my family, they're all college people as well. Not that there's anything wrong with not going to college by any means. We definitely need our tradesmen as well, um, but it's just important from our our family's point of view. So right. that uh, is important to the family aspect as well that that can hopefully happen. So. The I usually get about an hour and a half to probably only about an hour and a half maximum in the evenings. And on some days, uh, usually about one day a week, I don't go down there at all. That's just 
relaxing time for me to recuperate and spend some more time with the family. And Sundays, I don't go down there at all, and I definitely don't shoot video on Sunday. I may go down there and relax a little bit because it is still my hobby. I love to go down there. I consider that playing, not working, um, as long as I'm not shooting video because at that point I'm working. I'm making some money. Um, so, you know, that that's a no. Um, I will edit video on uh, Sunday sometimes because that's just a cerebral thing. Um but then Saturdays is quite a bit of shop time. And then housework um, Sure. is I do own a house and property, um, which I've kind of incorporated into the YouTube channel a little bit more lately, which is good. Um, and then Sunday, like I said, is is all family. Like last Sunday, it was, uh, you know, church and then zoo all day. Uh, and it was a great time. Nice. And then, then we do, we go to my family at least once a month, if not more, which they're about an hour and 10 minutes north of us. Um, so that's obviously a whole entire day situation, you know, whatever we do up there, there is no YouTube up there. Um, and then, so basically, like I said, it's about an hour on the weekdays and then Saturdays, uh, is, is when my shop time happens. That's awesome. And you've also, obviously, you know, we all watch your YouTube videos and, you know, you see the kids in the shop, uh, which I know isn't staged, you know, it's. They're down there. They love it. And obviously, you know, the, the last, or I don't know if it was your last video, but the, uh, the, what was it? The, the outdoor project with the stairs, right? You had the whole, had the whole family out there working. Yep. The whole team was on that one. So, which was pretty cool. I don't yeah, know if the infant uh, did much. <laughs> it, it's kind of funny. You mentioned that though. So there's one shot where you're, you're looking and we're putting the fence in, I think, and you see the walker sitting over there yeah and then all all of a sudden boop she shows up in it it, it just happened to be how i i cut the video <laughs> she's she's not normally in that because it's good for we like her to crawl around um but yeah it was it was funny when i saw that happen but yeah there are uh, the kids are almost always down there with me um for safety's sake and not just for looking good on YouTube, I do shoe them in front of me whenever I'm making dust or, or running the, the bigger tools. I keep them over by the door. One, so that they, they don't get in my way, they don't distract me, and then I don't want them breathing the dust. I got a respirator on. Why, why should they be doing it at this point? So yeah. I, I try to keep them away. Uh, and, you know, that's my biggest nasty comment on youtube is oh my goodness you are going to kill your kids down there yada yada i figured so. i bet you got a lot of that i know i i remember seeing it like the first time um your oldest was in there um but i figured maybe people would you know let it go after a while but it, it's been a while that's probably gonna get blown up tonight it's been a while um but i also ha have a pretty extensive blacklist of words and and people that just are blocked oh now. you can do that oh yeah absolutely nice. and I, I would like to say i'd be i've become a little bit more thick-skinned about it because it used to as much as you tried not to it used to mess with me a little bit um it's like ah oh, man all this hard work and you're just being so <laughs> nasty about it come on it's a lot of work goes into this yeah. um so i got into a habit of if i think it's nasty, I delete it before I even finish reading it. Yeah. Um, and it just keeps my piece of soul stable. Mm -hmm. um, so so how, that's important. I'm curious if you've noticed a difference between the Instagram community and the YouTube community. 
YouTube can be very mean. Um, and Instagram is not. They are very supportive and and generally pretty quiet, I guess would be a, a good way of saying it. Um, you get your likes, you get your couple comments, um, but that's generally about it. You do get quite a few more comments on YouTube, and I, I wonder if it's a desktop PC versus phone type of thing, so you're sitting on your keyboard, easier to write out something long and nasty. I don't know. That's just a theory. Um, well, and there's also the the fact that Instagram is, I mean, even though it's not purely chronological since they introduced that update a few months ago, but like it, basically you have to you have to really hunt if you want to go see someone's, you know, previous content. They're very much pushing like everything new. So I feel like it's a little bit easier to go back to a YouTube video than it is to go back and find someone's post. Like you, there would be a lot of scrolling down through your feed or remembering whose post it was and. So I, I feel like sometimes it's difficult to have conversations on Instagram as opposed to just little, you know, nice comments here and there. Right, yeah. And, and you do get the, the comments that go back and forth on YouTube as well. Um, but yeah, that's that's a good point, Adam. It probably does tuck them away a little bit faster on Instagram. Yeah, I mean, I just mention it because, you know, you think about, um, I mean, our next topic is going to be on social media and, and hope. And we're mentioning it, you know, really mostly because of Instagram um, and how wonderful it has been for both Adam and I. Because I think, I mean, we both were on YouTube also as YouTube consumers. We mm-hmm. kind of consider ourselves YouTube connoisseurs. Um, <laughs> but really, it was Instagram that, I, I mean, for both of us, really inspired and encouraged woodworking and really helped us recognize that there's this actual community of woodworkers um, beyond just the couple of celebrities on YouTube. Um, And, you know, it's been phenomenal and and very much different from your typical social media interactions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Instagram is by far my favorite social media. Um, I I suppose they call YouTube social media, but I think that's like more of a platform versus just a quick social thing. Uh, All the other ones are pretty much rubbish in my opinion, uh, especially Facebook. It's terrible. Um, But Instagram is, uh, I came to Instagram after YouTube. So it was when I was trying to make a, a toddler bed for our oldest daughter. Um, I was like, I'm not going to spend $500 on a toddler bed, and it looks all rickety. So I went <laughs> I went uh, just Googling around and found, uh, I don't remember the lady's name, um, but I, I asked for her SketchUp file because I wanted to modify it. And she was like, ah, no, I don't do that. I got burned too many times giving away my SketchUp file, probably someone using it and then selling it or something like that, her design. So I was like, yeah, okay, I'll make my own. And then it was all very much downhill or uphill, depending on how you want to look at it from there. (laughs) That's how how it started. Um, And then I stumbled across Matthias and Jay were probably the first two that I really found. And then Steve Ramsey, who I don't really watch anymore. Um, and, And people like April and Claggett didn't exist back then april had 300 subscribers when i first found her 
um, and, and Claggett had maybe ten, something like that. He's he's close to a million now. My goodness, um, yeah. this was only three years ago, maybe four, probably three and a half years ago. Um, so that's how I found that, and then I just began to realize that Instagram was a potential tool to drive some traffic to YouTube, which it's really not, surprisingly. Um, there seems to be very little uh, two-way traffic between the two. Uh, funny, but oh well. Um, but then on Instagram, there are definitely... It, it's easy for anybody to share an awesome picture of their awesome work on Instagram. It's it's significantly more difficult to put it up on YouTube. Right. So I would, I would say the Instagram woodworking community is way bigger as well that so makes sense cool. right you get more people than just the not even full-time content creators but people who people who regularly create content you get a lot more people who are not like that you know people who are just kind of in their shop and they think oh this this turned out particularly well let me put a picture of that up um, right yeah one of the things that uh we really like about instagram in particular, but we've seen it a fair amount on YouTube, and I think YouTube kind of lends itself to it because you tend to watch entire projects, whereas with Instagram, it's really easy to get this, like, glamorous snapshot and, you know, showing everything, like, just peachy keen and, and going exactly the way you want it, but when people show their failures and they show their mistakes, that is some of the best content that's out there, because not only is it encouraging for the rest of us who you know are constantly making mistakes and you know we tend to see just these glamour shot after glamour shot after you know awesome project and and we tend to think of these people as like oh they do no wrong no everybody does wrong you just you got to learn how to roll with it um so not only does it encourage us but oftentimes they'll show what it was that they did to prevent that in the future or how they fix that mistake and just that spirit of, of generosity, you know, it's not, it's no longer bragging, you know, not that it ever was bragging, but it's, it's, it's giving, you know, it's, it's teaching, it's giving, it's showing people um, how they can improve or even prevent that from happening in the first place. And, and so um, that's a really encouraging thing that we found. Yeah, <clears throat> absolutely. And, you know, my, my little tagline is if I can do it, you can too. And, yeah, make a lot, make a lot of mistakes. You should, you should have seen all the mistakes in the flag collab with Jay and I. My goodness, maybe it's just because <laughs> we were both having a good time down there. But it's like, duh, <laughs> totally cut this box joint wrong or something. And you know, with, with the magic of video editing, we made it look pretty good. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it, it happens all the time. Um, so, well, yeah, I want to be, uh, I want to be considered. I want to be considerate of your time. I want to, I want to, we'll end with one more question. Um, what, what skill in the shop do you feel like you have really spent a lot of time trying to develop and you feel very, very pleased with the results? Sanding. No, okay. not really. Um, <laughs> I was gonna no, be like, really? <laughs> hey, it's it does take some some skill. I mean, I picked you know, up you hand can tools because I hate sanding so much. Yeah, yeah, but you can do a lot of damage with a sander. I mean, really, this is true. Yes, so. um, I'm gonna take one from your book, Adam, and say finishing. Um, 
I I need to be very focused at that point in time and remind myself again and again that I put a lot of time to get something to this point, so don't mess it up now. Um, <laughs> and and it's a dilemma every time I get ready to finish. Um, Danish oil, you know, shellac. Is it going to be polyurethane this time? Am I going to do boiled linseed oil this time? Mm-hmm. And how does it look on this? So. Um, I've definitely gotten better with my choices of finish. It's basically kind of been finalized to one, um, and and just surface prep, which you know I say sanding, but it it is kind of true. You gotta you gotta be good at sanding and card scrapers, man. Those things are amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know so, if I've ever seen you use one in the in YouTube. Maybe I haven't been yeah, paying attention. It's um. I know back when I did the walnut jewelry case. I remember that, I, yeah. That yes. is when I got the the card scraper. Okay. And you very much get a better finish. Oh, yeah. Finished product with finish on it with a card scraper. Oh, yeah. Um, when I was at WIA, someone, uh, a guy from Lee Valley or Veritas was explaining to me why why that is. It's because it's of the way you cut the ends of the grain off, the fibers of the wood off. It just makes it more shiny. So when you put your finish on, it's even more shiny yet versus the sanding is a little bit more, for lack of a better word, abrasive. Um, it's a little more rough on the wood. Yeah. Um, so the car scraper is definitely the way to go. I would say finishing, uh, I've gotten better at that. I don't know if any of us really like to finish. Um, so just I getting better it. at managing that. Absolutely hate it. Yeah. I Especially go with the Danish painting. oil, but I've gotten good at Danish oil. Yeah. Other than that, um, man, just uh, I, I did little bits of woodworking here and there with my dad before, which is why I had an interest in it to begin with. But mm-hmm. I, I didn't know anything three years ago. So it was simply having the confidence to jump into it and realizing that you're going to mess it up sometimes and and just going with it. You can fix a mistake as long as you don't cut your finger off. Um Good point. <laughs> so <laughs> you you can you that can one's either not fix it or, or you can or you can do it again. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. This interview awesome. brought to you by SawStop. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take sponsorships for anyone listening. Yeah. No. <laughs> awesome. Well, Tyler, thank you so much for your time. Uh, always a pleasure talking with you, and uh, hopefully, I can uh, maybe this winter or spring I'll be able to make a trip up there again. Yeah, that'd be awesome. We look forward to it. Thanks for having me on, guys. We really appreciate it. Experience. All right. Well, thank you and uh, stay virtuous. Do we have questions lined up, Jonathan? Do you have questions? Not really. Um, But hold. Oh, crap. So. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Sorry. I have another track that I forgot to delete. So it was playing in my it was playing in my headphones (laughs) while we were recording. I'm like, why am I talking to myself? What's happening here? Are we on one, two, three, or the one, two, three, go? No, I'm just kidding. It's oh, good. Oh, come on. <laughs> Blooper reel. It's good. Yeah.